dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond the million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another edition of Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com, presented by the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, which, of course, you can go ahead and join us this August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida, for the USCC Expo. Find out more information about it at USCCExpo.com. Now, today on the program, we're going to showcase another great cannabis business in the legalized constitutional monarchy of Canada. And that business is Atlas. It's an Edmonton-based LP, or limited partnership, that is focused on the medical medicinal side excuse me, of cannabis cultivation. They have a 38,000-square-foot controlled environment agricultural facility in Alberta, with nine microclimates. Their goal is to pioneer genetics, grow pharmaceutically viable cannabis, and to educate patients and consumers about the qualities, types, and uses of cannabis. And with me today is the Chief Operating Officer of Atlas, Jeffrey Gossain. Jeffrey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, My pleasure. Again, we've had a chance to extensively talking about what's been going on in Canada, just given with legalization efforts, and there's been a lot of obstacles and things about that. Then there's a few things, another few more wrinkles I want to go ahead and bring out and let people know about, because of course, here in the States and in other countries that are looking to legalize, there's a lot to be taken away as a real test uh, subject, as a real uh, model to go ahead and follow what and what not to do. But you'll tell me from what's been going on from behind the scenes. Now, Jeffrey, given the size of your outfit and the regulations and obstacles uh, that are being enforced by the Government Task Force on Cannabis Legalization and Regulation, the governing body in Canada over all things cannabis there, uh, one of the greatest challenges we're learning is cultivating medical cannabis is maintaining a standardized product from one harvest to the next. Talk to me about the kind of steps that are being taken by Atlas. Yeah, that's a great question. So what Atlas is doing, and you kind of mentioned it at the beginning, is we went for a a microclimate fully indoor model, like a controlled environment cannabis facility. Um, So what that allows us to do is by having a fully indoor model versus a greenhouse, you're not subject to lighting variations throughout the year. Um, That's number one. The other thing, too, is within uh, within the facility, we've got nine microclimates, and those microclimates are fully and independently controlled. So we can control absolutely every aspect of the environment in those rooms. So anything from humidity, temperature, CO2 levels, lighting, everything is is being controlled independently. So if we have certain cultivars that grow really well in certain climates, we can actually independently grow those. So that's number one. The other thing that the microclimates allow us to do is really mitigate risk. So, um, we're limited to kind of 3,000 square feet at a time. So obviously we, we want to avoid crop contamination at all costs anyway, but if ever that were to happen, we're limited to that contamination in one room. So versus a greenhouse, having a fully indoor model, we're not subject to lighting variations, um, which is kind of a number one uh, aspect of what we're trying to do. Um, and that maintains consistency of the crop throughout the year. The other thing the microclimate allows us to do is control every aspect of every room, humidity, temperature, 
uh, lighting, CO2 levels, and we can do that independently from those nine different microclimates. The other thing um, that that's also a big thing is just crop contamination. So if you ever were subject to that, obviously you want to avoid that at all costs, but if ever you were, you're limited to that contamination within those 3,000 square feet instead of in a greenhouse where it could affect over 100,000 square feet of your crop. Wow. Yeah, and I've always been interested about how it, I mean, it's because of the fact, obviously, that being in Canada, the climate outside just does not warrant a decent amount of time to plant, grow, and harvest anything in, in the climate out there. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if anybody even does that at all in certain areas where the temperatures are much more mild. So, I, it's really amazing about how, in, even regardless of any kind of conditions, about how much of a controlled environment you can be able to make with what you have. So let's talk about an important announcement that your company made. You, uh, your company, Atlas, received an initial shipment of 85,000 cannabis seeds, clearing the extensive the extensive importation regulations and is being shipped from Europe to your phase one facility in Canada. Now, Atlas, we've been learning in the news, has been in ongoing discussions with multiple parties in Canada and Europe regarding establishing long-term supply contracts. Fill us in about these seeds you're getting from Europe, these wonderful magic seeds, I guess. What can you tell us about them and what is the importance of importing from Europe and creating this relationship? Yeah, so what our CEO has done last year, I mean, a big part, a big focus of what our company is doing is genetics. And our CEO developed really amazing relationships with some great breeders all over Europe. Um, and that's where we were able to secure the supply of over 600 different varieties of genetics. So what that allows us to do is, I mean, growing from seeds is not the most stable thing, but what it allows you to do is you can grow, let's say, a thousand plants from a seed but then you're going to select one of those plants that are that your best plant that's actually going to be your mother plant and that you're going to clone off of for genetics. And then from that plant, you could also use it for uh, creating seeds and kind of registering a plant variety um, of a specific type of genetic. So what we're trying to do is not just look at THC and CBD, but there's a lot of varieties out there that are high in other cannabinoids and terpenes and flavonoids. And we're re- really trying to explore those and breed for, you know, higher and higher concentrations of those. So to us, getting those seeds and the variety of seeds really is a really good starting point to kind of speed up that process at getting to the genetics that we want as an end result. Wonderful. So uh, by the time Let's Just Catch this episode, Atlas will now have approximately 2,700 plants cultivated and ready to harvest. Talk to me about cultivating the first seeds of your plant and how they are turning out. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, um, one big thing of what Atlas is trying to do is is export to Europe too. So, we're trying to meet two sets of regulations. So, in the Canadian regulations, you've got to have two successful harvests. For European regulations, you've got to have three. So, growing from seeds, you're not really going to have a harvest that's within the tolerance limits um, of, of, you know, what the regulatory authorities are looking for. So what we've done is we've kind of decided that about 60% of our facility is being filled with clones from other LPs, uh, licensed producers that we have really good relationships with in in Canada. Because that, you know, growing from clones, there's no genetic variations. So your crop is going to be the most consistent possible, while the other 40% of our facility is reserved for seeds. So um, we're really, I mean, although the clones are great and they're really consistent, I mean, we, we see these things and with your eyes, even you can tell like 
that the seeds we've got are performing just amazingly and different and the plants just look really, really different compared to uh, what the clones from, you know, our friend LPs are, are looking like. Um, but that's kind of a testament to the ty- the quality of seeds that we're actually receiving from abroad. So, um, so yeah, this facility, I mean, in summary, it's just kind of 60% clones right now, 40% seeds, but we expect that by June, um, 100% of our facility will be filled with our own genetics. Yeah, it's quite a harvest to, to go through, and, and obviously <clears throat> tells you how much about the the size of the facility you have and just the, the real breadth about how much space you're using to build this out. But, I mean, it's, it sounds like you got a great outfit there. So let's do this, Thanks. Jeffrey. We're going to go ahead and continue with our conversation, and we'll talk more about operating procedures. And two phrases that I think some people out there do not know about, good manufacturing practice or good production practice. We're going to talk about that. That's something they do in Canada. We're going to learn all about that. That might be something that might happen here in the States. We'll talk about that here on the other side of Blunt Business. But first, wouldn't you want to be among the thousands of entrepreneurs, innovators, and consumers that are ready to convene in Miami, Florida this August 3rd and 4th for the global cannabis industry's premier business event? Well, I'll tell you about it. <clears throat> it's the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. The USCC Expo is committed to growing an ambitious and empowerful community of cannabis advocates. Learn from industry thought leaders about the future of the cannabis market, gain insights on how the industry is evolving to meet the changing landscape, and hear from the pioneers and rule breakers that change the future simply by thinking differently. Join us for the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. It's coming August 3rd and 4th inside the Hyatt Regency Hotel in downtown Miami, Florida. Reserve your booth or sponsorship. You can do it right now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. We're back after this. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections, and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are kicking off in Seattle, Portland, Las Vegas, Salt Lake City, and Phoenix in January. Register today using the promo code CANNABISRADIO20, all spelled in caps as one word, Cannabis Radio 20 to take 20% off at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Sponsorship opportunities are available. Register today at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. Are you ready to be inspired and educated by the best of the best in the cannabis industry while enjoying sunny South Florida? Then you cannot miss out on the second annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 2nd and 3rd at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. The USCC Expo welcomes all cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners to join us for another can't-miss event. Sponsored by the radio and podcast leader for all things cannabis, CannabisRadio.com. Learn more at usccexpo.com. 
I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. And welcome back to Blunt Business. We're here with Jeffrey Gassane from Atlas Biotechnologies. He's the Chief Operating Officer. Now, Jeffrey, Atlas's operating procedures have been designed to meet or exceed good manufacturing practices, or if good manufacturing practice, excuse me, singular, GMP, or good production practice, GPP requirements. Now, I don't remember ever hearing those terms before, at least here in the States. This is new to me, but I've just started reading about this. This has to do with new health Canada regulations that have been put in place for innovative drug products, natural health products, and now medical cannabis. So help us understand what those terms are. Yeah, for sure. I mean, these are all new to me. I mean, I'm an engineer by trade, but um, there's a hell of a lot of acronyms you're going to learn about in this industry. um, And those two you hear about more often. So Mm -hmm. uh, GPP, you're going to hear about more in Canada. There's also GAP, like good agricultural practices. Um, But these are the types of requirements that the Canadian authorities really look for. Um, But then when you go to Europe, they kind of step it up a notch and go after good manufacturing practice, so GMP. And within that GMP category, there's different kind of uh, specifications you can go for. But in general, um, I'd say it's about 20% of those practices are really to do with the construction of your facility, while 80% is mainly to do with processes. So the processes that you have within the facility for sanitation, for cleanliness, you know, even like if a flake of paint this week came off a wall, you got to track that as a deviation and, you know, ensure that doesn't somehow get into the product. So there's really a lot of, um, a lot of things you got to go through. I mean, we've even got air showers in our facility. So when you're walking in, you actually get dusted off with a gust of air for about 10 seconds <laughs> just to kind of remove any contaminants off of you before you kind of move into a room. And now, even that, when is you that go a device you one, actually have to have for, for any facility? Do they need, necessarily need that? You don't need to have that, but okay. we kind of, it's, it's kind of a pharmaceutical thing, which is kind of the vision Atlas has, um, you know, to have pharmaceutically viable cannabis. So um, we, we wanted to kind of mirror a lot of pharmaceutical manufacturing uh, factories, kind of what they're doing. Um, but, you know, when you still talk about GMP, for example, when you walk into one microclimate you can't just our cultivators can't just walk into the next microclimate because they might be carrying a disease on them from that one room if there's contamination they actually have to get out of there go to the front of the facility jump in the air shower remove their gowns put on a new set of gowns and then go into the next room so there's a lot of processes like that that seem Mm -hmm. you know overdone but the reality is that if we want to sell into those european markets which are really high margin markets we need to do that. So, I mean, it, it almost sounds like you need like this like, like radio t- activity on the plant, so you need to come out in hazmat suits to come inside the building. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it literally looks like that, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Oh, it's only kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. My friends in the North, I love you, all of you. Uh, now, how have these governing bodies, we've, again, laid out that the two organizations that are government controlled they're on the cannabis industry is health canada and the task force on cannabis legalization and regulation now how have these bodies been able how has it been to work with them and fill some of the amount of resources and manpower that are needed to adhere to each of those regulations that they offer to you i mean i'm guessing you'd have to have some manpower some staff and resources that are allocated just for that to comply 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, basically the whole quality assurance team is almost there just for that. Um, but, you know, it, it, it helps ensure and go with our vision, right, of ensuring that kind of consistent crop. So, I mean, some of those regulations, I'd say most of them do make sense, but some of them, you know, we hope that they relax them in a while. The, the difference in Canada, we think, is that Canada legalized it at a federal level. So by legalizing it, they were, you know, trying to get everyone's opinions in check and take everyone's opinions into account um, and develop the regulations. So, you know, for example, our packaging restrictions and social media restrictions and all of that are extremely, extremely limited compared to what you guys are doing down in the U.S. at the state level. So when we have a package, you look at it, I mean, we can play with maybe 5% of that package and just basically put our logo. Other than that, it's all warning labels and stop, you know, stop sign with stop THC symbols. And um, so a lot, a lot of restrictions, way more than liquor and way more than tobacco even. So um, we hope that these will ease up as time goes on. We know that Canada's already, because right now in Canada, the only products you could sell are basically flour oils and capsules filled with oil which is basically all we can do right now. But we know that the Canadian government is looking at uh, the legislation now to legalize topicals, uh, vape pens, et cetera, which, and edibles, which will happen, we think, in October. So, um, you know, it's a work in progress, but that's kind of what you get for legalizing at the federal level. They're going to be a lot more cautious with it. Um, but at least we have the freedom to move our product internationally, which Very is important. really the advantage we have. Which is why the callback kind of to Europe and companies. Yeah, because I mean, we've been reading a lot of, now, this is the first time I was hearing uh, on this show, you're telling us about the relationships you're making with Europe, which obviously there are some countries that are looking to definitely open things up and open up markets there. And the same thing we also heard from a previous, a couple of guests we had before about also trying to put a pipeline into Australia as well to supply down there as well. But I can also imagine that <clears throat> with the way the control is up there between all these governing bodies, it also takes into account, it makes it tough for branding and marketing your product. I mean, because if you're out there, if you want to go and put it out there, some kind of a product placement on any kind of medium, or if you want to just have people looking in the street and they see somebody using the product, it's got to be tough because of all these different things that are put so that everything kind of looks alike. But it's really, it's the good thing is about Istria, it's the product itself that will make it stand out as your brand. Now, at, uh, now getting back to Europe. Now, you also recently announced that based on the strong outlook for medical cannabis demand in Europe, you're also evaluating several opportunities which will permit expansion to existing capacity diversifying outside of Canada, like we said. So here's, let's break it down. There's options to serve the expanding European market from both Denmark and the United Kingdom, which both recently legalized cannabis for medical uses as we record. Now, in 2018, the last year, late 2018, Atlas signed a long-term sales agreement valued at 38,500,000 euros or in Canadian dollars, $58 million, and I'm guessing that's what, almost $50 million U.S., with Avalif right. GmbH, and that's a German pharmaceutical importer and wholesaler of medical cannabis. So talk to me. Do you see or foresee the opportunity to export more of your cannabis plants and seeds eventually to all of Europe? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the Canadian market at its peak is expected to reach about $10 billion, while the European market is expected to reach $180 billion. So it's a, it's a market that's definitely at least 18 times larger than the Canadian one. Yeah. Um, so we definitely want to want to be there. 
and being in Canada allows us to do that just with the import and export regulations. Um, what differentiate, at, differentiates Atlas a bit is the fact that we're medically focused. So the Europeans see that and the reality is that as these companies are, or countries, sorry, are legalizing, they're legalizing it medically first, not for adult use. So they're looking for companies that have kind of that medical focus that are investing in research and development, clinical trials, et cetera, which we're doing. Um, and they, they are looking for these companies to supply them. So we've created a really strong appetite for a product from Europe. Uh, Avalief was the first deal we've officially signed, but I can tell you that we're in talks for four other deals right now that are really coming close to being ratified in Europe and they're going to be larger than this as well. Um, one's for a company that kind of services the, f- the whole European market. Well, uh, two or three others, sorry, are in Germany and one in Israel. So, um, so we're doing a lot on that front and to supplement, I mean, there's a lot of demand and our 38,000 square foot facility, you know, while it will produce 5,500 kilos a year, we definitely need more production. So we're actually currently closing a deal in Denmark. Um, it will be announced in a few weeks exactly the details on it but this facility is already a pre-built facility it's got 36 microclimates it's fully indoors so it follows the same model we want we basically just have to retrofit it Um, we've built a really solid relationship with the uh, ministry of foreign affairs in denmark who um, are promising us a license they want us there so we think that by the fall we should have a first harvest in denmark and it's going to supplement our production um, by multiples of what we currently can do. So really looking forward to announce that deal in detail um, and some other deals we're working on as well, internationally, even in the UK, for example, which you mentioned, um, we're looking at a processing facility there right now um, for basically importing and processing oils into GMP products for the UK market. And who knows how Brexit goes, but if, Right. All goes well, and they have they can move their product freely within Europe, and it'll also supply Europe from there as well. You almost kind of think that with the way the exporting uh, import export of cannabis from Canada could be a booming industry, because if it's not so much to go and support you know, your fellow Canadians, if it's something that could be, you can almost <laughs> God forbid you make a kind of a OPEC with the, the European countries, and you make some kind of a deal that you're like the major exporters, and then it's like you have the control of the price of cannabis and something like that. Don't want to give the prime minister and all those people the, the, that great idea, but I might have just slipped a little bit. So <laughs> now I, this is kind of off yeah. my off my questions, but I just got to ask. This is personal to me for me. Are, are you on the Canadian uh, tr- uh, the cannabis stock exchange? Is there a symbol or ticker, or is there any kind of IPO coming down the line? If that's something that you have right now. Yeah, so we can't obviously speak specifically to that, but I can tell you that, so Atlas is in a private raise right now um, where we are raising uh, funds to basically retrofit our Danish facility. Um, So we expect that to close by the end of March. So if, you know, people are interested, they can obviously reach out. Um, The other thing that we are looking at doing, I mean, we've done everything internally to prepare for an initial public offering. A lot of cannabis companies, when they've went public, have done it through an RTO, like basically yeah. taking over, you know, bankrupt shells and and you know reshaping kind of the face of the companies and and taking those over. We kind of have done everything the traditional way, so we're, we are poised for an IPO. We're planning and really seriously looking at it. Uh, all I can say is, you know, target would be sometime this year. 
um, who knows how that those things go. And obviously, the valuations on the marketplace are really attractive, and um, we got to take those into account. So it is something that's on our radar. We've done everything internally to prepare for that, so that we're ready to pull the trigger on it. Now, besides what you're doing right now, in, in terms of the agreements you're making right now in Europe. You've also been making some headlines as of late when it comes to some strategic investments where you put some significant capital into research and development. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, when we, like even the UK, for example, we talked to the government of the UK there, the Department of Health and Social Care and the MHRA department. And one big thing that everyone's looking for these countries that are newly legalizing medically, especially is evidence-based research around cannabis use for medical purposes. So we think it's really important to um, research that and put money into it. And we thought the best way and kind of quickest way to get going at that is through post-secondary institutions. So partnering with a couple different ones. So we have partnered with two right now. Um, one's in the works and one is uh completed both the University of Alberta here in Edmonton we've got we're working on three different fronts with them um, one of them is on just waste and sustainability so we're in Canada you know the biomass like the waste from cannabis kind of got to throw that in the garbage but what we're looking at doing is converting that into electricity we're also looking at our grow medium uh, which is rock wool uh, which takes 150 years to decompose in a landfill so we're trying to look at alternate uses for that um, and one is the treatment of raw sewage for city city raw sewage. Um, so we're working at the university on investigating that. All right. Um, yeah, so that's waste and sustainability. But then on the medical side, we've got, um, so the University of Alberta had conducted clinical trials before using Marinol, a synthetic THC, to try and increase appetite in terminally ill cancer patients. Because that will obviously increase their kind of end-of-life quality. Um, so they weren't successful in using a synthetic THC and the reason we think and they think is that THC on its own doesn't do the entourage effect so you need THC you need the CBDs you need the other cannabinoids you need terpenes so we're working with them on kicking off those trials again and seeing the results from it really looking forward to that and then uh, we're working at the chair of pharmacology at the University of Alberta as well and he's um basically we've created a competition for all his professors that want to do research on cannabis and they've come to us with letters of intent on the projects they want to work on wow. with budgets etc yeah so we're actually putting a panel together um and we're meeting in two weeks to review these lois and we're going to pick one to proceed with and fund but i mean these target different diseases such as multiple sclerosis alzheimer's chronic pain so there's a lot of okay. exciting things to work on there um and on another front, I mean, we're developing another relationship with a leading uh, post-secondary institution in the U.S. Don't really want to announce it yet just because right. we're still finalizing the details on it, but it will be cancer-focused. Um, and this institution will also is also looking at importing our product for their research purposes. So um, it would be another legal import kind of under the DEA and FDA's purview um, into the U.S., um, which we're really excited to do because I think in the U.S. right now, these post-secondary institutions are locked into buying cannabis from, I believe it's the University of Mississippi, um, which has been kind of growing the same genetics for a long time. And, you know, having more diversified genetics would really help them in their research purposes. So 
that's kind of what we're doing in that research front right now. And hopefully there's some significant breakthroughs. And obviously, you know, appreciate you going saying that there have been some points where some of the trials have not have not given the results wanted, but it's good that everybody's trying to pers- persevere and push forward. So that's really great. Again, Jeffrey Gassin, yeah. the Chief Operating Officer of Atlas Biotechnologies, is with us on Bunt Business. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about cannabis stock prices on a tear starting off 2019. We'll come back and talk more with Jeffrey after this. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network. Founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. And we have final questions for Jeffrey Gussain, the Chief, Oper- Chief Operating Officer of Atlas Biotechnologies here on Blunt Business. Huffington Post Canada reported that cannabis stock prices are on a tear in 2019. And the fact that the Canadian index is up 60% since the start of the year. So there's a growing sense that the U.S. will legalize cannabis. And that's what's causing the optimism among the markets. Are you feeling that same kind of optimism about the opportunities that possible legalization in the U.S. could create for a company like Atlas? Are you hearing anything that might be making that possible for us here in the States? Yeah, I mean, we've got, obviously we're tied in and we we have a really good pulse on what's going on down there and, and you know, keep up to date. Obviously with the passing of the farm bill in December, um, that's kind of livened up the hemp CBD market and actually really any cannabinoids derived from hemp uh, other than THC. So that's, uh, that's exciting. Um, and you can see already the Canadian companies are starting to make announcements in that space. Um, we're looking at a few ourselves. Um, the only difficulty with the U.S. when it comes to anything outside of hemp right now is that, you know, we've had several opportunities to be involved. Um, 
in the U.S. and a bunch of American companies. But what happens in Canada is it just because it's considered federally illegal in the U.S., it ties our hands with working with Canada's biggest banks, who a lot of their business comes from the U.S., so they don't want to be, uh, you know, kind of kicked out of there. So they really don't, you know, take that risk. The other thing too is when you look at stock exchanges, um, really the T- the biggest ones in Canada, like the Toronto Stock Exchange and the TSX Venture, will not allow you to go public on their exchanges if you have anything going on in the U.S. that's considered federally federally illegal, even if it's legal at state level. So we really got to be careful and, and tiptoe around. We do think that there's a lot of signs indicating that, um, you know, the U.S. is progressing on all their cannabis laws, which is great. And, you know, we're keeping a, a close eye on it and we'll, we'll be making moves in that in that space when we see fit kind of thing. So we just always have to assess our risk. Um, and you know, if we're happy to go on, for example, the Canadian stock exchange, like the CSE, they're, they're happy to have companies that have involvement in the U S cannabis sector. So it is, it is always an option. We just got to balance it out internally and figure out what's the best way forward. Fantastic. Yeah. That's really great to hear. So, uh, so much going on when it comes to, all your work. Let's go through everything that's gone through so far as we've been recording here. So you're doing all the work right now with some great harvesting now in Canada. You've gotten the first uh, planting of seeds that have already been done. You're up to harvest right now, 2,700 plants. You're doing a lot of deals right now, getting ready for Europe and especially in the specific of getting a facility all set and ready to go in Denmark. You have all the work that you're doing right now in terms of uh in you know setting up uh, agreements and setting up uh, deals in Europe along with what's been done in Denmark and research and development and working with universities on trials to study and find better ways to get and even get more harvest and get better harvesting as a, a lot of stuff so there's so much going on so much news people want to go ahead and I'm sure yeah. listeners want are going to want to get involved with Atlas tell the listeners take a few minutes you got the floor here take 30 seconds or so tell how other companies can talk to you about possible partnerships or investment opportunities and those that are interested in learning more about what atlas is doing yeah for sure i mean we've got a we've got a great um great following we've got a great team um so the best way to find out more about atlas really is follow us on our social media pages we're really active on instagram uh facebook twitter linkedin um, so that's one way our website is atlasgrowers.com. Uh, so Atlas Growers is, is our subsidiary that basically does the growing and what our products are being branded as. Um, and yeah, if people are interested in, you know, investing in the company or learning more about the company or have some ideas about potential, um, partnerships, I mean, they're free to email info at atlasgrowers.com and, and we'll make sure someone, um, gets back to them and we really, take you know there's a lot of good opportunities in the space so we really look at a lot of these things very seriously um so uh and then on the investment side it's invest at atlasgrowers.com um and we'll send you all the details you need jeffrey thanks so much again for telling us all about this i mean i'll tell you i'm sure there was a lot more time we could spend on all the other things that you're doing but just we're just going to have to bring you on back a feature point and also please keep us in touch and, and keep us informed of all the deals that are going on with atlas if there's anything else that comes along any new news to share we hope to go ahead and get you back and talk about it yeah thank you so much for your time jorge it's uh great speaking with you today yeah, and pleasure. uh 
definitely looking forward to catching up with you in the future again. Yeah, it's a lot to go and deal with. It's really amazing. So, uh, again, Jeffrey Gossain is with, he's with uh, Atlas Biotechnologies Incorporated, Chief Operating Officer. Thanks again for joining us here on Blunt Business. And listeners, remember that the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo for 2019 begins in Miami, Florida, August 3rd and 4th. Go ahead and learn how you can be a part of this. Be among the thousands of entrepreneurs, innovators, and consumers that will be there at the Global Cannabis Industries Premier Business Event. It's going to be August 3rd and 4th inside the Hyatt Regency Hotel in downtown Miami, Florida. Reserve your booth or sponsorship now while there's spaces still open. They're being picked up really fast. USCCExpo.com. That's USCCExpo.com. Thanks for joining us. You can download episodes of Blunt Business by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.